At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Las Vegas for Ghost to Ghost Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now a part of the Beast and Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. In segment number one, we did see quite a bit of news that happened in college basketball on Wednesday. We saw quite a bit with the guys still at slash the guys that entered in the transfer portal with West Virginia. So we're going to be rounding that up and taking a look at the teams that are beneficiaries slash deficitiaries with those. Yes, I use the word deficitiary, but we're going to be taking a look at that in segment number one, and then we're going to get a little bit more reaction to this in segment number two with Tristan Freeman. He does great work over at Boston Brackets. He's in the great state of Pennsylvania over there in Pittsburgh, so he's very familiar with West Virginia with the backyard brawl. We're going to be talking about what the pickup of Mohamed Wagyu means for Alabama. Joe Toussaint heading on over to Texas Tech. Want to make out of just West Virginia in general because they have seen quite a few guys enter in the transfer portal. We're also going to take a little bit of a look at Washington, the fact that they picked up Paul Mukehi over the last 48 or so hours. So I'm going to be diving in on that. And I'm going to ask him if there's a few teams that he's a little bit more bullish slash bearish on as well. So we've got a great podcast on tap for you. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter as per usual. Please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we did see some transfer moves that happened on Wednesday. Let's hit upon the non-West Virginia moves first. This is a real name, by the way. Jason Parent. He is leaving Northern Arizona after he redshirted last year. Six foot four guard that had a little bit of fanfare around him. Not a guy that was able to hit the floor at all, so not really too big of a mover there. But this one is a little bit more interesting. Alan Breed, he was playing over at Providence last season. He has decided that he is going to be hitting the portal. Just has never really been able to shoot threes. A career 25.5% three-point shooter. He was able to put up right around five points and assist an after contest last season. And whenever there would be injuries with Providence, he was always like that sort of spot starter for the team. Was able to play some relatively solid defense. Wasn't necessarily the world's greatest fit for Providence. I feel like he wasn't necessarily at the level that he needed to be for the Big East and a contending Big East team, but a relatively solid guard that I think he'd come in if he has the ball in his hands a little bit more, not necessarily as a main facilitator that's trying 
trying to give out five plus assists per contest, but with the ball in his hands a little bit more, he can be able to have a little bit of success. So I'm going to be taking a look there. This one's a little bit of a surprise when you do have guys that go from the D1 level down to the non-D1 level. It makes it very easy for your handicap. All you need to do is cross off the name of the guy that goes down to the non-D1 level. The uh, don't need to worry about them anymore, and you can just move on. Boston Stanton third. He was at good old IUPUI last season. He's going down to the non-D1 level. He's playing for the Newman Jets that is out there in the great state of Kansas. Last two seasons with IUPUI actually saw 27 stars. Didn't land a lot of production. Three and a half points for contest. He has a 6-5 little bit of a wing. Was a wing that really couldn't shoot three. So that's always a little bit of an issue. So he has decided that he is going to be going down to the 91 level. And then when it comes to the West Virginia guys, we did see Joe Toussaint on the 4th of July head on over to Texas Tech. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more with Tristan Freeman since rounded that up yesterday. But Jose Perez is back in the transfer portal after he played zero games with West Virginia. I find that to be very intriguing. And for Jose Perez, when he did go up to the power conference level, when he was playing at Marquette, it really didn't work out too well for him. His last season over at Manhattan, he was absolutely tremendous. The 2021-22 campaign, nearly 19 points, four and a half assists. Never has been a great three-point shooter. He had a good freshman shooting season at Carter-Webb during the 2018-19 season when he shot 38% from three. The three years after, he has shot worse than 30% from three-point range, including that one year at Marquette where he averaged three points per contest, but now he's back out there in the transfer portal, so we shall see what happens there. And then Mohamed Wagyu, or is it Wagyu? It's one of those. I apologize to Mr. Mohamed if I'm mispronouncing his name. He was able to average four points, three rebounds per contest. Six foot ten gentleman that did play in a West Virginia style that was a little bit more up-tempo. He has decided that he is going to Alabama. This is big for an Alabama bunch, in which I think it became official with Grant Nelson hanging out over there, but that's something that we are a little bit unsure of, but we know that this is an Alabama team that they absolutely love to run, they absolutely love to fly, and he's from a little bit more of an up-tempo system, and he does a relatively solid job of operating in that system. Not a guy that's going to be stretching on the floor and knock down any threes or anything like that, but if you take a look at what he did in really the non-conference portion of the season, first 13 games of the campaign from early November up until the new year, the turn of the calendar, he was able to average five and a half points, three and a half boards per game at six foot ten. I think that he's going to be a relatively solid fit for Alabama, an Alabama team that was looking to fortify themselves a little bit down low. I know that they had a reclassification, be able to help out with that a little bit, but all in all, I like the way that Alabama is putting together their roster, and as of right now, West Virginia has essentially eight guys on the roster. They did bring in Omar Silviero, who as far as I know, it's not entered in the transfer portal. Kirk Reese, uh, Jesse Edwards, Raekwon Battle. These are all guys that transferred into West Virginia. They are still committed to the program. And then you do have a few holdovers from last season as well. So I do think that it's going to be a very, very interesting to see what we get there. And we're going to be expanding upon that a little bit more in segment number two as Tristan Freeman, he does great work over at Boston Brackets. We're going to be discussing sort of the depth issues that might be facing West Virginia out there in the conference as well. The way that Texas Tech has put together a nice charge late in the transfer portal. And if Graham McCaslin, who comes in from North Texas, is going to be able to continue to run that slow, grimy style now that he is at Texas Tech, also going to be diving in on Washington, the fact that they picked up Paul Mukehi on the 4th of July. That comes up next right here on Cuts Seats with myself, Dougie Peterson, now a part of Peace and Family Podcast.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast, it is always great to be joined by this man, it's Tristan Freeman. He does a tremendous job taking a look at the great game of college basketball. He's over there at Bussin Brackets as part of Fansite. It's college basketball coverage. He's based out there in the great state of Pennsylvania, taking a look at the local teams, doing a great job, taking a look at the national landscape of college basketball as well, and you're able to follow my Twitter at hoops three five one. Tristan, I know you've joined me a lot this offseason, and it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you for having me again, Greg. Thank you for joining me. And Tristan, because you are out there in the city of Pittsburgh, I know that there were quite a few people that were intrigued by the fact that Joe Toussaint did have the Panthers 
on his top three, but we did see it a little bit over 24 hours ago. He made the announcement that he is going to be heading on over to Texas Tech. And my biggest takeaway is that Texas Tech has had a really nice end of the transfer portal season because they also landed Devin Cambridge, who I had no idea that he had decommitted from Oregon until he decided that he was going to be going to Texas Tech. I thought that that was a little bit funny, but I take a look at what Grant McCaslin has built, and certainly it is a rough and tumble Big 12, but I think that this is going to be a team that's going to be able to compete right away, and he's done a really nice job, even with it being very late in the process, of finding good team guys I think are going to buy into his slow defense-oriented system. Yeah, he was late because he, he took uh, North Texas to uh, NIT tournament title. So the process, considering that he was always the favorite for Texas Tech, that had to start late. And I believe he was a bit slow in building out his coaching staff, which obviously is going to affect the offseason portal hunting. But as you said, he, he's done a good job building a roster from a depth perspective. I, I think you could argue that their top 10 players is good enough to compete with the upper tier of the league outside of the true preseason top 25 favorites. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. If Pop Isaacs can take the next step in his development and be a go-to guy, if Warren Washington can be the quality rim protector that he was at ASU, they're going to be in good shape. And, you know, there's not a ton of expectations for them because I think a team that looks like it has Pop Isaacs as the best player isn't going to be a surefire tournament team, but it's absolutely one that's going to be competitive all throughout next year. I totally agree with you. And I think the biggest question that I have, because we saw North Texas play at a rate of more than a full possession per game, lower than any other team in college basketball last season. Do you think that Greg McCaslin is going to be able to keep up that very slow style? Because we have seen some coaches when they step up to a higher level, like we saw very infamously with Shaka Smart. When he went from VCU to Texas, he pretty much abandoned the Havoc style defense. We see a lot of coaches do that, but I just tend to think with the roster that I am seeing right now with Texas Tech that he is going to be able to maintain that style, and I think it could be very successful in a Big 12 where I mean, it's one of the toughest conferences in all of college basketball, but it's going to be a little bit of a different look from what a lot of these other teams are going to throw at them. Yeah, I think he's going to have to limit possessions in order for him to win games in the Big 12 because they just don't have enough firepower to beat the likes of a Kansas or or a Texas. So I think his style is going to be needed. And it can be something that can throw teams off, playing the ultra-slow style. It'll be interesting because you had teams like TCU play very fast because they weren't good at shooting. So they try to utilize the fast break more. And I think that's going to be more of the same. There's a lot of really good, talented scores. And ultimately, it's going to come down to how good they are defensively. Because regardless of how many uh, possessions there are, you have to be efficient. That was why Tech, uh, North Texas was able to be as successful as they were last year. And having a star player in Tyler Perry helps that as well. If they can have similar results, then there'll be a team that can compete for a tournament bid. But I do believe that that's going to have to be the strategy. And then we'll see how it works out in the recruiting trail because it's not going to be easy as Tony Bennett starting to see now at Virginia to recruit players to that low style unless there's a clear payoff. Yep, absolutely. And I do think that Texas Tech is going to be in for maybe a little bit of a better year than a lot of people are anticipating. As Tristan Freeman, who does tremendous work at Boston Brackets, joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And the other recent gentleman from West Virginia that committed to a new school is Mohamed Wagyu. Wagyu wasn't a guy that saw a whole bunch of minutes or anything like that at West Virginia, but a solid, bigger guy that should be able to provide some minutes. And 
is a guy that's able to play a little bit more of an up-tempo style. And I feel like this is a good fit for Alabama. With Alabama, I don't think that they're going to be trotting out there with you to give them like 25-plus minutes or anything like that. But I view this as a very good depth pickup for them. Obviously, they bring in Grant Nelson, which I don't know if they ever made that official or not because I know that we were all hearing that Grant Nelson was heading over there. But I don't know if we ever got like official word or anything like that. I think we're just all just assuming that Grant Nelson is over there with Alabama, but what did you make out of Wookiee heading over to Alabama? Because I think that this is, once again, one of those examples of a good fit for a team that had a roster spot available, and I do think that he could be a nice guy that comes in off the bench, gives them some good defense, and maybe a bucket or two. Yeah, Grant Nelson last week did make it official. At least oh, good, Allen. because that was going yeah. on for like an eon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he told Jeff Goodman and others that he is planning on going there. So this is as official as it's going to get. I believe there were some academic issues that had to be handled before he could necessarily put it out himself. But he, it's basically Alabama or bust. That's the way that we can go about that. But for a team that had basically just Nick Pringle in the offseason, and they lost one of their incoming freshmen, Mamadou Diabate, potentially for next season with a knee injury. We'll see how serious that is. They had no depth, so they had to get several pieces. You swing for defenses with a Grant Nelson, considering he was a 20-10 and 10 guy with NBA potential. You get a former five-star guy that reclassed Jaron Stevenson. We'll see if he's ready to contribute. And then, then you just add the interior defender, and Wagyu, who, who's going to be needed to go up against the likes of Ayensu from Kentucky and Janai Broom of Auburn, you needed to have a guy that can just simply play a role and eat up 10, 15 minutes just in case Grant Nelson either struggles or is a defensive liability at times at the SEC level. Just by having the depth, that was important for Alabama to round out the roster, at least in the front court. I do think that it was very important as well. And I think that the SEC is going to be very rough and tumble this year as well, because I do think that obviously the Big 12, that is going to be the toughest conference at all of college basketball. But the more that I look at the SEC, the more I just see quality teams like Mississippi State. They return much of that core from last year with Tolu Smith, their top scorer, turning. You've got a Vanderbilt team that has really been able to ascend in recent years, bringing back Tyron Lawrence, being able to bring back much of that backcourt from last season. I'm very impressed there. Obviously, Alabama's not going to be quite what they were last season, but I feel like a lot of teams that they didn't have such great three-point shooting, they were able to address that as well. I'm not sure if you're sock up, sock down on the SEC, but I take a look at the moves made in the offseason, and I'm very impressed. Yeah, I think just about everyone, including the teams that didn't make the tournament, loaded up as much as they possibly could in the portal. I mean, you see LSU turn over its roster. We'll have to see if Jalen Cook gets the waiver because I think that decision alone will determine whether or not they got a shot at the tournament next season. But you look at Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, teams that just loaded up on a whole bunch of transfers. You know, some of these guys are going to succeed. Some of them aren't. Ultimately, it comes down to which ones are, are, are going to sort to have that breakout at the SEC level, but you could make a case for 10 or 11 of them having NCAA tournament aspirations and the others being much more competitive than they were last year. I don't think that there's going to be a true bottom feeder disaster like there was last year with LSU and South Carolina. Those two teams have gotten better as well. Yeah, they certainly have been able to improve as we've got Tristan Freeman over at Bustin' Brackets joining me on Cusco Soupson. A lot of these teams that have been beneficiaries of late pickups. That's been because of the whole West Virginia sort of fallout. And we saw another player entering the transfer portal 
over the last 24 or so hours than Jose Perez. Now, this isn't as big of a loss, in my opinion, because Jose Perez, he played as many minutes for West Virginia as the two of us. And I think that there might still be a possibility they could be returning to West Virginia. But what do you make out of the current roster right now? Because the uh, Mountaineers, they were able to retain a lot of their key pieces. Jesse Edwards is back. Kirk Risa, he's going to be back in fold as well. But I fear that in a Big 12 that I just alluded to it, it's a very brutal conference. They might not have the depth to be able to just maintain with a lot of these schools. And if you do have an injury or two, that could be doomsday for this West Virginia team. I mean, right now they have eight guys on the, on the roster. So the depth issues alone is going to be a concern. They have basically two forwards and only one of them have, have even played much in big man Jesse Edwards. So right now the hope is, is that Creesa Edwards and Raquan Battle assuming he's eligible because apparently he has his own eligibility issues. They need them to be great just for them to even be competitive. That's going to be tough to ask needing all three of your transfers to succeed. And they're going to have to find some pieces because there's questions about shooting. There's questions about defense. There's a lot to worry about if you're West Virginia in a Big 12 where you could argue there's no true awful team. Like right now, UCF and BYU looks like the roughest team, but even both of them added some interest in transfer this offseason. They're not going to be easy as well. So it'll be interesting to see what the Mountaineers do, but time is running out and we're in July and there's either a bunch of grad transfers emerge after summer classes or they're going to have to roll with a 10-man roster and likely a six- or seven-man rotation at the most. Yep, I'm right there with you. With West Virginia, they might need to go to the junior college route, which I mean, we've seen some teams go to the junior college route late in the process, and sometimes it doesn't turn out the world's worst for them, but no doubt about it. West Virginia, they're going to need to add a body or two as it has been rough the way that they have been losing a lot of these pieces as Tristan Freeman, who does great work over at Boston Brackets, is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And Tristan, I know that you're starting to take a look at what we're all getting here in the offseason. We've got a lot of the roster moves done. There's going to be a few ancillary pieces that move around from time to time. But has there been a team or two that you've identified just with researching for the upcoming season that you're impressed with and you feel like might be a little bit underrated coming into this upcoming season? I think looking at the power conference level, I'm interested in the moves that Nebraska made. You look at Bryce Williams, a 40% shooter from deep at Charlotte. You look at a ringed mask, who is a, a quality forward from Bradley. And then, you know, the biggest question with them with what Kise Tominaga come back is where is how the point guard position works out. If Aaron Eulis can, can sort of hold that position down steady, they're a team that I think that can make a leap. And I'm very interested because I think from a shooting standpoint, they're, they're, they could easily be the best in the Big Ten. I just wonder how are they going to deal with the potential lack of front court depth and, again, the ball handler position now that Sam Greasel is out. Yeah, Sam Greisel being out of the fold, that is going to be hurting Nebraska. And a team that is coming to mind for me, and it's a team that they made a relatively good add on the 4th of July as well. I'm not sure how you feel about Washington, but I take a look at the roster, and certainly the Pac-12 is not one of the better conferences in all of college basketball. I certainly have the likes of the Big 12, the SEC, even the Big 10 in front of them. But with Washington, being able to add Paul Mouke, they added Xavier Wheeler in the offseason. They've got Keon Brooks coming back. They did lose Keon Metafield, but 
all in all, I take a look at Washington, and I think that this is a team that is not quite on par with the likes of USC in the Pac-12, but I actually like what they've done, and I think that there's a path for them to be able to send, especially if they can get Paul Muke and Severe Wheeler to be an effective one-two punch in the backcourt. Yeah, I mean, one of the things when you're looking at all these rosters is a lot of these transfer groups aren't going to work out. So it ultimately comes down to which ones you think will do and which ones you aren't, because we know how it ultimately works out when the ball is on the court. My concern is how good offensively can a Mulcahy and Wheeler backcourt work, because both of them needs the ball. Neither of them are necessarily great shooters off the ball. And if you got a starting backcourt where neither of them are truly double-digit scores, that's going to take a lot of pressure on a Keon Brooks and Portland transfer Moses Woods to sort of space the floor. And I think that's going to be a question I have. But there is defensive potential there as well because both of them are, are all conference caliber defenders. So if those two can lock down the opposing backcourts and you look at some of the teams in the Pac-12, you have USC, Oregon, and UCLA, all with young backcourts on paper. If Washington can impose its will on that and sort of win low-scoring battles, then all of a sudden they can be a really pesky team to deal with next season in league play. But I do wonder if they struggle in a non-conference, which has been a really big issue for them in the Mike Hopkins era, that the non-comp play potentially takes them out a position again for a postseason bid. Yep, I think that that is so well pointed out by you, Tristan, because we have seen that time and time again where Washington has finished right around 500 in conference play. I do think that part of it is because, well, we've had some dregs in the Pac-12 recently. I'm looking at you, Cal really did a good job of improving with Mark Mads and all those pieces coming in. They're a team that I'm very sock up on, but I'm also looking at you, Oregon State, who looks like we're going to be in for another rough season for them. But I do think that it is going to be interesting to see how Washington does play towards the beginning part of the season because they added some nice pieces at the same time when you've got a lot of moving parts and Washington in the backcourt, they do have quite a few moving parts. It is always a chemistry issue, and typically that leads to slow starts. A man that finishes strong, a man that starts strong, and in the middle is dominant. That would be you, Tristan. You do amazing work over at Bustin' Brackets, taking a look at the game of college basketball. Love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you, and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yes, sir. You can follow me at HoopsNut351 on Twitter and at Bustin' Brackets. And we're going to start looking ahead towards analyzing all these transfer groups now that just about all of them are taken care of. And look out for a piece for West Virginia fans looking at the transfers that are still in a portal because they got five spots to fill and not a lot of time to do so. Yep, there is a shortage of options. Hey, perhaps someone like an Ethio Horton could be an option for the West Virginia Mountaineers, but they're going to need to pick up someone, and we needed to pick up someone on this podcast, and we got the number one man out there. That was willing to do so. Tristan Freeman of Bustin' Brackets. Always a pleasure to be joined by him. A big thanks to Tristan for joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. Now part of the Visa family of podcasts. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Conference previews are 
right now very active on this podcast. We're going to be looking to do Conference USA and the Ryzen League within the next seven days because a lot of these rosters, sounds like West Virginia, they're starting to get set. They're starting to get fortified. So now we've got to turn it forward to the upcoming season. So I appreciate you guys tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.